Dennis Stewart, so you've been talking about the herbs, the important herbs that you've introduced into Western herbalism, mm. things like Vitex agnus castus and uh, Shadavari. Mm. And there's another one that you would like to talk about today. And probably, Jane, it's, it's one of the most outstanding of them all, and that is the herb that we occasionally mention, but today I'll elaborate on it, the herb ginkgo biloba. Dennis, we're going to talk about ginkgo biloba, mm. but it helps us both to know what it is. Well, that's a good question. Ginkgo biloba, believe it or not, is the oldest uh, tree on the planet. It's 150 million years of age. Wow. And in fact, it belongs to a whole evolutionary era, quite a long way back. And its survival is largely put down to the fact that uh, it has been very much revered in, in Asian countries, particularly uh, China, uh, where it was planted frequently around Buddhist monasteries. Mm -hmm. And in some of the literature uh, that, that I use with reference to ginkgo, it is argued that the preservation of this very, very ancient tree uh, is largely based upon the way in which it was revered in Asia, particularly in China, particularly by practitioners of Buddhism. And it's interesting, when I was in, in Japan years ago, I was pleasantly surprised to see the number of ginkgo trees lining the main streets. And interestingly, and I've not got to the bottom of this yet, uh, very many of them were bandaged up to about two metres. Uh, I presume that may have had something to do with protection or uh, against... Uh, pollution or whatever, but the number of ginkgo trees was quite phenomenal and supports this hypothesis that their survival largely depended upon reverence given to them in Asia. And um, today, of course, uh, the tree uh, becomes the basis of one of the most modern and exciting plant-based medications. And interestingly, the way in which it's used today by Western uh, doctors and Western herbal medicine practitioners is quite different to the way in which uh, traditional Chinese medicine has used it uh, even up to this point. The interesting thing is the, the Germans, after the Second World War, doing a lot of work on, 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 on plants and herbs, and the Germans, let us remind ourselves, lead the world, in my opinion, in the study of plant-based medications. Uh, the use of herbs has not been something alien uh, in Germany, um, and they were doing a lot of research up upon uh, herbs in particular that may have some benefit on circulatory conditions. And so they started to analyse the leaf of the, uh, of the ginkgo tree, particularly the leaf at its fully advanced state just before uh, the fall, when the, when the beautiful leaf it turns a lovely yellow colour. It grows in Australia quite freely. Um, at that stage, the, the leaf is harvested where it contains its major chemical constituents, uh, which are known as flavonoid glycosides. We know the name of them very well. And they discovered that these constituents in a medication based on a concentrate of the ginkgo leaf had a profound activity on circulatory problems, particularly of a chronic nature. And listeners would have heard me talk in the past about um, intermittent claudication. Those doctors would relate to it. Uh, Western herbal medicine practitioners relate to it. But it's a condition of impaired peripheral circulation. Ginkgo biloba made its reputation very early in the experimental work that was done on it in the way in which it was able to promote improved circulation, in, even in very, very compromised 
circulatory conditions. And it was one of the main areas that I began using it uh, in when I was practicing in Church Street in the in the early 80s. Uh, I saw a lot of patients there, interestingly, uh, who were suffering from um, peripheral uh, circulatory problems. And I was able to prove over and over again that using ginkgo medication in a sophisticated uh, Western pharmaceutical form as a concentrate had a significant effect on many people. So the ginkgo that's used today uh, comes from the tree of 150 million years of age. It comes in Western medicine today in a form, a pharmaceutical form, that's usually a tablet or a capsule form, where it is used as a concentrate, and it owes its existence to the excellent work of plant scientists from Germany and other continental countries that discovered the potential in the chemistry of the herb, which expands well beyond just its use in intermittent claudication. We'll talk about some of the other interesting areas as we go along, particularly how I stumbled across it in my own experience. Greg is on the line. He's talking about ginkgo and numbness. Are those... well, yeah. yes. Sorry, Jane. Go for it, Greg. Thank you. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? I'm well, Greg. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good, Look, good. I've just had... Um, something developed over the last six to eight months is this numbness in my toes. Yes. Which is getting progressively worse. Yes. Um, my doctor sent me for uh, ultrasounds, yes. etc., and they're checking circuitry issues. Yes. But I was just wondering if the ginkgo and the peripheral aspect of it would be any help for me. Okay. Um, numbness in the extremities is, is um, frequently neurological. Are, are, mm -hmm. are you a diabetic? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, if it's a neuropathy, um, ginkgo is not as specific for that as it might be for, for circulatory conditions. Mm -hmm. But, but in as much that you've told me that your investigators, your medical investigators, are investigating the, the, the vascular aspect of this condition, um, mm -hmm. what I would say is that because ginkgo uh, demonstrates usefulness in improving or actually promoting circulation to impaired uh, components of the peripheral vascular system, uh, yeah. which which may lead uh, to symptoms such as numbness. If if I was in your situation, I would be uh, quite enthusiastic about giving the ginkgo a go. Now, okay, then. I, the la the last thing I want to do is mm -hmm. is to promote ginkgo as being a remedy for peripheral neuropathy. I wish yeah. it were, but what I'm saying mm -hmm. is the numbness here. If there is a circulatory component to it. Uh, ginkgo, uh, amongst all other things, in my opinion, would be the way to go. For instance, look at a condition known as Raynaud's syndrome. Uh, 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 Raynaud's syndrome is a condition of serious circulatory, circulatory impairment to the fingers and, and, to, and to the feet, characterised by extreme experience of cold, very, very, uh, and, and significant uh, discomfort and pain. Uh, ginkgo is... is one of the few remedies uh, in natural medicine that has a good reputation when it is persevered with, and I say when it is persevered with here, um, that is when it is taken as chronic medication and in the right dosage. Uh, the, um, its role in that condition is, is very sound. So even though your condition is somewhat different and it's, in, it's an early stage of investigation, uh, from my understanding of the ginkgo, it would be one thing that I would want to utilise. Okay, then. 
wonderful. I'll mention it to my doctor and see how what he thinks now, about now it. Now, the, the the other thing I should mention is when you discuss it with your GP, who may well know about it already, because let me emphasise that ginkgo, uh, unlike uh, traditional herbal medicine that I was trained in and still practice, ginkgo is a newer herbal medicine preparation and that's why i've introduced it into this segment where we've been looking yeah. at um, new herbs that i've had the pleasure of introducing to western herbalism ginkgo mm -hmm. is a really uh, modern introduction into western herbal medicine as well as mainstream western medicine particularly in europe now the thing about it is uh, ginkgo will only do its job if it's used in the sophisticated pharmaceutical form, which your doctor would know about, which is a 50 to 1 concentrate of the, of the leaf of the herb, that is 50 kgs of the dried leaf of the herb are used to produce 1 kg of the concentrate on which the medication is based. So that's important. If you're going to talk and use ginkgo, it has to be on the standardised modern preparation that your doctor would be able to look at even by bringing it up on the computer. And the other thing is dosage is crucial. What I note in my practice is that many people are using ginkgo but are not getting a benefit because the dosage that they're using is very subdued. My reading on ginkgo, particularly for chronic usage, indicates that something like a daily dose of 120 milligrams, write that down, 120 milligrams of the 50 to 1 concentrate is the dosage that's usually looked at for a chronic use of the herb. So if you're going to discuss that with your GP, I'm sure he would be interested. And if he were or if you were, to get on the net and just punch in ginkgo biloba, you would yeah. sit there all day collecting the information that's available on this herb. And I must say, I must say, I'm disappointed. I am disappointed in the fact that it is still not uh, used, in my opinion, adequately and, and, and usefully by the mainstream. Some GPs are, maybe some uh, specialists, but I'm disappointed at the end of my career that I'm not seeing a preparation like this that's plant-based, that's scientifically um, demonstrated as to how it works and is clinically proven in European medicine. I'm disappointed that it's not being used more. Okay. So That's wonderful information. That gives you a nice path to move on. All the best with that, Greg. And 49216216, that's the number to get your question through to Dennis today. And Janine's rung in from Lochinvar, and you're wondering whether ginkgo might be useful for tinnitus. Yes, that's right. Um, I fell and hit my head in the garden, mm. and ever since then I've had tinnitus. Um, the doctor says that there's nothing can be done, mm -hmm. but I've got a ginkgo preparation from the chemist. Yes. It's um, ginkgo formulation, and it's got EGB761 after it. Um, I've only been taking it for a couple of weeks. Okay. It sounds to me that that preparation is a good standardised preparation and the abbreviation would stand for the extract of ginkgo biloba. So it seems as though your pharmacist has a good preparation there. Um, there would be a dosage on it, um, but take on board what I have said and if necessary, go back and have a word with your pharmacist to make sure that the number of prepara or capsules or tablets you're taking 
coincides with this dosage factor that I think is important, although depending upon the nature of the ginkgo biloba extract, it might, if it's somewhat different to the 50 to 1 normal extract, uh, it might have a, a different dosage. Work, work in the starting uh, stage of it by using the dosage on the label. That's always the right thing to do. But take on board what I said to an earlier listener. The, the, the dosage that comes up in the literature over and over again is 120 milligrams of the 50 to 1 ginkgo biloba standardised extract. Uh, go back to your pharmacist. I'm sure he'll be interested to discuss that with you. And when you're discussing that with uh, your pharmacist, and fortunately in Newcastle, a lot of our pharmacists uh, are using a lot of plant remedies. Uh, many years ago now, when I had my rooms at uh, Brown Street just after the earthquake, I taught about 20 pharmacists a postgraduate program in herbal medicine, and many of them are still um, utilising it and have uh, passed on their knowledge to their to their fellows. Uh, mention to the pharmacist a text that would be useful to him and other pharmacists, and I brought it in today, um, not to promote it, but just to mention a modern text that does justice to the ginkgo, and it's called, get a pencil and paper, and other listeners who might be practitioners, doctors, pharmacists, naturopaths, the, the textbook of prominence today is a text entitled Principles and Practice of Phytotherapy. Principles and Practice of Phytotherapy, written by two of the English-speaking world's most well-known and competent uh, herbalists, Simon Mills and Kerry Bone. Remarkable text that I mentioned justifiably, and the information in that text on the ginkgo, in my opinion, is some of the best that you'll ever get. Diane has rung in, and you're from Katara, Diane, and um, this is something that we'll all be interested in. You're worried about sand fly bites. Yes. Hello. Hello, Diane. Hi. Uh, my husband is extremely allergic to sandfly or midgy bites. Okay. Okay. He got one about six weeks ago, and within five minutes it had swollen to a very high blister about an inch in diameter, okay. and yeah, then yeah. it... It uh, turned into cellulitis after a couple of days, and eventually he's now left with a, a, a scar, a round scar on his ankle. Mm. Um, we're heading up to far north Queensland soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're a little bit worried about it. Yeah. Um, w- uh, someone said, take an antihistamine as soon as you're bitten, but he'd be on them all the time if that was the case. Is there any herb or anything like that that he could take in advance or that we can apply when it happens? Look, it, it's a long shot, and I don't want, don't want to be held to this because your husband is is unusually reactive to this, and he needs to be exceedingly vigilant. And the idea of using uh, an antihistamine antihistamine is seemingly quite sensible when an episode occurs. But yes. um, what I would suggest is a couple of things. Um, does he keep himself well covered? Yeah, well, no. Okay. Um, he likes short. Yeah, okay. Look, uh, uh, very many herbs um, that have uh, an aromatic or, 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 or an odiferous principle in them um, have some uh, ability to, to lessen the likelihood of midges and mosquitoes landing on the skin. So a simple recommendation might be either a, a eucalyptus-based oil or a tea tree-based oil in a, lo- in a lotion form applied to the areas that are exposed might have some preventative okay. characteristics. Now, the other thing is this. 
there is a homeopathic remedy. Now, I know this is controversial because homeopathy is a controversial modality, albeit I tend to use low Oh, potency. we don't mind it, okay. yes. There is a homeopathic preparation called Ledum, L-E-D-U-M, mm. Palustra, P-U-L-U-S-T-R-E, Palustra, Ledum Palustra. Yes. And it comes in what's called the 6X potency. Now, yes. I, I know that sounds very esoteric. You would you would be yes. able to get this uh, from, I suspect, Visionary Health that have a good range of, homeop oh, okay. of homeopathic products. That is a, a substance that I have used occasionally, and some of my patients have vouched for the effect that using it, particularly in critical times of the year when they're fair game to mosquitoes and other things, that it has some preventative action. I can't vouch for it, but lead them palustra. And there's a, 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 how can I call it, an anecdotal um, school of thought based on experience, I presume, which says some of the, the B vitamins, when they're, ta when they're taken orally. Um, well, I take also, B1. I'm okay, taking B1 okay, all the time okay, so I don't get bitten okay, and it works with okay, mosquitoes. Okay. Well, there's, there's a couple of options for you. Um, he, he might smell, smell like eucalyptus or tea tree, but I don't mind that. Taking, <laughs> taking lead and palustras. The worst thing that could happen, it mightn't work, but it might work. And, um, and using the B vitamins, uh, I don't think you can do much more than that. No, so you just take the homeopathic uh, remedy in drops, do you? Well, it comes in drops or what are called pillules. Okay, and so would it be handy to start that now? I would think so. Go down and talk to Rose Shaw or Alan Maloof, some of the good yes. people down yes. there, yep. and they will know what I'm talking about. And uh, I would uh, start taking that, and uh, I'd be interested to get your feedback when you came okay. back. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm sure a lot of us would be interested yep, to know so. the feedback. <laughs> used to talk about taking Vegemite, but that's got other B vitamins, oh, and I, okay. I don't know that it's actually been proved to work. <laughs> what, putting it on the skin? Uh, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Eating it. Well, 49216216 is the number for you to ring. I think we do have a call coming in, but um, uh, just right at the moment, we do. It is Jan who's rung in from Raymond Terrace, and she's got a cure for wow. midges. Wow, Happy, Jan. It's, it's not a cure, it's a remedy. Hello. Hello, Jan. <laughs> uh, when I go to New Zealand, I'm always um, attacked by... Um, sand flies and whatnot. And who isn't? And how, how to get rid of that is um, a 50-50 uh, Dettol and olive oil. Mix them together and rub that on. What and a good idea. Don't, don't get bitten at all. Okay, how about that, Jan? That's, that's, that, that's good information. I'm sure our previous listener will uh, add that to her armoury uh, to see if it competes with the tea tree and the, and the, and the eucalyptus. Well done, Jan. Thank you. Thank you. That sounds great. Thank you for sharing that. Well, how about that? Yes, yeah, so that's 50, a preventive. 50, yeah, yeah Dettol and, uh, and uh, olive oil. Mm. Yes, and that could make your skin feel really good too. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Definitely does. And uh, so I'm sure there are some other remedies to keep uh, midges away, but... Um, Yep, we're um, just waiting on a call to come through right at the moment. 49216216 is the um, number for you to ring if you'd like to talk to Dennis Stewart today. Jay's rung in, Jay has rung in from Maitland and uh, not midges at this time. Jay, you're talking about transitional, transitional cell carcinoma in the bladder, yes? Yes, that's correct, yes. yes. 
Yep. Hello, Jay. Oh, hi, Dennis. Hello. Thank you for my, taking my call. Um, I've just had this um, diagnosed, mm. and I'm wondering, is there... I have yet to go and have procedure or, or um, consultation on, on the, the way to go, and I've read a, a little bit about it in the interim. Um, and I'm wondering, is there anything that can inhibit um, that kind of, like, a tumour or growth? Is it, like... Oh, I jo- don't know, I'm thinking of everything. Yes, like of that. course you are. Alkaline jo- diet. No, yes, no look, the first, thing, the first thing you have to do is, is keep your um, head clear uh, and, yes. and, and, not be, and not be influenced and carried away by yep. a lot of anecdotal stuff that yep. can get you into problems. Right. Uh, the first thing to do is to recognise that uh, cancer today is well managed in comparison to what it was decades ago. Thank you. And uh, you go into this with knowledge. You talk mm-hmm. to your medical managers who are the specialists involved. Mm-hmm. You look at the options from a medical perspective. Right. The, the only way to address this mm-hmm. is to utilise the expertise yep. of mainstream oncology and surgery yep. and, and be advised by the good doctors and surgeries and surgeons that will be looking after your interest. Sure. Now, that is not to say that there is not a role for complementary medicine in reinforcing your management. But even even there, even there, you need to be uh, cautious and sensible in what you do to mm-hmm. make sure that anything you do other than what has been done to you medically doesn't clash. Yes. And, and I see too many dear folk coming to see me who have mountains of supplements they're taking with very little understanding of what they're doing, and mm-hmm. some of them arguably may not be the best thing to be doing for the medication they're having. Sure. Now, having said that, uh, my practice for nearly 40 years has majored on the idea that there is sensible complementary medicine that can reinforce one's immunity and promote the healing process. But each patient is different. Mm-hmm. So, so what I would ex- uh, say to you, Jay, is look, okay, you've had a diagnosis, follow it through, mm-hmm. get the work done that needs to be done, Yep. Look at it confidently and yep. then look at complementary medicine and I'd be happy to give advice at that stage. Oh, fair enough. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you, Jay. You've got a story, Dennis, about how you discovered it. Look, it's a fascinating story and I'm sure listeners will be interested in it. As I've said, uh, uh, when I first started practising herbal medicine, ginkgo was, ver- well, was unknown. My first exposure to it was... I was uh, giving a lecture to a group of my final year students who were studying a subject with me entitled Herbal Therapeutics. And in the front row of the, of the class was, was a, a lass from Germany, a biochemist, who had done my program, and we knew each other pretty well. And I noticed that um, as uh, I was lecturing, she would periodically take a little dropper bottle out of her handbag and uh, take a, a dose of, of, of a liquid medication. Now, this, this intrigued me. So uh, at the end of the lecture day, I said to her, look, um, uh, what are you taking? She said, well, I, I, I'm taking a preparation called Tabonin. I said, Tabonin? I said, what is that? She said, it's a German preparation uh, based on the herb ginkgo biloba. And she said, I used it in Germany as a, as a student, along with many other students. And uh, she said, I believe it helps my concentration. 
and I was intrigued by this. I said, well, I know nothing about the herb. I said, do you mind uh, giving me um, the bottle? And, and some... No, she said, here's the bottle. So I took the bottle, and the literature, the um, writing on it was all German, and I gave it to a dear friend of mine, Professor Cliff Elliott, who at that stage was uh, uh, interested in herbal medicine, and he and I um, developed a relationship that was almost father and son, particularly when he left the university here. So I gave it to Cliff and said, Cliff, can you give this to some German-speaking people at, in, in the uni? I think there might have been a German department there, and get it translated. And Cliff did that. And then my, I was just blown away, so to speak, by the way in which this preparation, Debonin, the brand name of a German ginkgo product, was being used to address these conditions that we've been talking about today, things like improvement of memory, improvement of concentration, better focus, all these things. And so on, that, uh, on the basis of that, I pursued the production of the extract of the ginkgo by collecting leaves from ginkgo trees that grew on the North Shore, believe it or not. Really? I believe it or not. This is a, in Sydney. There's a story about that, but which I won't go into. Uh, <laughs> yes, I wouldn't do it today, but we got the leaves and we made an extract of the ginkgo. Do and you mean they were in other people's gardens? Uh, no, no, in, I'm in, sure in, they were in, in the street. In, in, in the street, but I won't say what street. <laughs> but anyway, um, based on that and my initial use of it, I then gave, I think, the first lectures on ginkgo in Australia. I think I was the first to do it. I gave it at a seminar at Blackmore's that was held at their factory and their um, centre in Balgaula, and I gave the lecture on ginkgo biloba, and that started then what I would consider to be the revolution in ginkgo interest in Australia, with now many companies moving in to major on this information that we first found out about arguably uh, arising from one of my lectures where one of my German-speaking students gave me the information on it, a product developed in Germany. We were astonished. We had it made here. I gave the first lectures, I believe, on it and led to the production of the first Ginkgo product. So there's an interesting history. Now, I was proud to be associated with the introduction of Ginkgo into Western herbalism at this late stage of my career. Yeah, indeed. Fascinating, isn't it? It is interesting. Mm. 49216216. Mark has rung in from Wanji. Now, um, you've got something to say on the subject of numbness in the feet, Mark. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Uh, Not too bad, mate. Um, I listened to your conversation you had earlier on with a chap about his sore feet. Yes, and I'm basically suffering, I think, from a very similar, it's not the same problem. I've seen all sorts of specialists yes. regarding diabetes. Yes. And uh, and I've got the, a, a stiffness, uh, a, a numbness, soreness in the joints, and, uh, and a lot of trouble trying to sleep at night because that's when the pain uh, in the toes is, is at its worst. Okay, okay. And, um, and there's no diagnosis that's been given on it, Mark? No, I've, I've seen every sort of specialist okay. there is in Newcastle about okay. it, and nobody, nobody has an answer. How long have you been battling with this problem, Mark? Uh, quite some time, okay. uh, at least uh, half a dozen years. Okay, and it's definite numbness? I get a numbness down the side of the big toes. Yes. Uh, I used to get a lot of swelling and, and stiffness in the joints yes. of, of all the toes. Yes. And, and recently it's gone from being, well, it used to be worse in one foot, and 
and not so bad in the other, but now it's about the same in both feet. Okay. Are, are, uh, are, you, are you on medication, Lyrica, or anything bl- like that? I, I take a blood pressure tablet. Yes. Um, I used to take Lyrica. Yes. For the pain. Yes. So I could sleep. Yes. I stopped taking that about yes. 12, mm-hmm. 18 months ago. Okay. And the blood pressure medication you've been on for a long time? Yeah, 12 months or more, this particular only, only, type. Yep. Only 12 months, okay. Look, Mark, mm. it, it, anything that I say here it would be interpreted perhaps as being superficial, but yeah. what, I said, yeah. what I said to the previous listener is that uh, Ginkgo has a reputation for peripheral conditions. Now, admittedly, they're yeah. of a circulatory nature. In your situation, yeah. you have numbness, which is obviously neurological. Whether, it's, yeah. whether it is being contributed to by, by a deficit... In your circulation, I'm not mm. sure. But what I would say is this: uh, a mm. trial on the ginkgo, a trial on your gink on the ginkgo, in my opinion, yeah. would, would be worthwhile, particularly in the absence of any other approach that's being used to help you. I'm pres- yeah. I'm presuming that you, you're using some magnesium as well, are you? I'm taking a, a magnesium every day. Yes, because I used to get a lot of cramping in the feet too, as well. And that helps. And the toe. That helps you somewhat. It uh, does has has relieved ninety percent of the cramping. Yes. Okay. Now, with yeah. with your condition, there's been no uh, suspicion that it might be associated with a an inflammatory condition, an arthritis, or something like that. I, I got checked out for arthritis. I got mm-hmm. I've been checked out twice for diabetes over the, over the years. Um, I've seen neurosurgeons. I've seen a back specialist. Yeah. I think might, might have been related to that. And no, nobody has an answer. Okay. Well, look, uh, it, it mm. might it might just interest you to know, and I throw this in again mm. as, as just something to think about. I sustained a, a bulging disc a number of months ago, and, uh. and I never want it to happen again. I'm only now um, getting over it, so to speak. But what I uh. experienced amongst the pain of that was uh, almost uh, what I would call... Um, <laughs> neurological pain that yeah. uh, was like like electricity shooting down my legs and yeah. uh, in that situation I, I found great relief I believe particularly now with the acute phase is, is over I found uh-huh. great I found great relief in the uh-huh. co- in the concentrate of curcumin Curcumin. The concentrate of curcumin. Now, it's got to be a, a, a concentrate, and there are concentrates in your health food store. You'll pay a bit more for them. But I'm taking a concentrate in high doses, and it gets me through the day, and uh. I'm, I'm doing well. And what I also did, interestingly, I used a preparation called salagesic, which is a, which is a concentrate of willow bark. Salagesic. Now, okay. now, those things are, are over-the-counter. You don't need a script. They may yeah. not. They may not work. But in your situation, that's uh-huh. a bit, that's a bit of encouragement for you to think around. And what about the curcumin? Yeah, uh, look, I, I, I'd, I'd go with the curcumin plus salagesic. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they can you get that from any health food shop. Yeah, where, where do you live? Wanji. Oh, you'd, you'd get that one in Toronto. I'm sure there's a health food store there. Um, yeah. Warner's Bay. Um, uh, uh, make sure you get a top of the range product, even if you pay a bit more for it. Okay. And look, and, and as I say, it may not help, but no one else is helping you, and sometimes yeah. something yeah. like this might give you an edge. And the dingo, you don't think that's uh, I, do. I do, yeah, I do, I do. I could talk all day about ginkgo yeah. and peripheral conditions, but admittedly, as yeah. I come back to the point, they're mainly of a circulatory or vascular origin, but oh, okay. who's, to say, yeah. who's to say here that there's not yeah. a contributing factor? Some, sometimes in the practice of, of my system of medicine, you have yeah. to be a little bit left field 
You have to use hypotheses that aren't mainstream in order to achieve something that the mainstream is not achieving. Okay, and how do you spell the Dinko product? G-I-N-G-I-N-K-G-O. G-I-N-K-G-O. Okay. All right, well, thank you very much, Dennis. I appreciate your time. Okay, thank you very uh, much. We'll, we'll give it a work and see how well, it goes. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Mark, and all the very best. We're getting towards the end of the program. Oh, we are indeed. We are indeed. We are indeed. Ginkgo, just in the last few seconds, I suppose. Um, well, I think the Ginko's area that the area that we haven't touched on, uh, and which probably is the area best known for where ginkgo holds some real excitement, and that is in the area of what we call ageing syndromes. There we're talking about uh, memory faltering, uh, lack of concentration. We're not talking about a remedy for Alzheimer's, although some of the literature suggests that in the early development of that condition, ginkgo might be useful. Elderly people, and I'm in that bracket now, where you start to notice things begin to occur. You're not as sharp as you were. Your short-term memory's not as good as what it was. Your concentration's not as good as what it was. Those are conditions for which ginkgo is famously prescribed in Europe where I read 5%, 5% of people in Germany take the ginkgo, and I presume that that would be because amongst the elderly population, it is frequently prescribed by the pharmacist or the doctor to cover what um, in Germany would be seen as a set of symptoms for which the ginkgo would be useful. So ginkgo is a remarkable one. We may even have one growing in our garden, you reckon. Oh, well, look, it's easy. You go to your, you go, seriously, I should mention this. Go to the nursery. Get hold of this beautiful plant. Put it in. I've got it in, in, in all my properties and my homes. Put a ginkgo tree in. Uh, it'll take a little bit to grow, but it's a magnificent specimen, a magnificent specimen. And they're, they're the sorts of trees that we should be planting, in my opinion, in our main streets like the like the Japanese do, and they're, they're, they're deciduous, they're beautiful in, in summer, and they don't explode because they haven't got essential oils in them. <laughs> ah, so it doesn't matter if there's fire around, right. it'll still be okay. And uh, thank you, Dennis Stewart. Thank you, Jane.